This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better it was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly so you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues including cuts scrapes burns sunburns rashes other types of skin damage it's totally safe non-toxic suitable on all types of skin even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin this is also safe for the young members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This is episode 47. Hello, shameless moms. I'm happy to be here today with you. As always, I have a cold and my ovaries are enlarged and life is a little hard right now. <laughs> it's actually not that bad. But um, yeah, we are on day eight of anticipation in anticipation of uh, an egg retrieval for IVF. And those of you that have been following along, thanks for all the love and support and so many amazing, great messages. It's been really nice. Um, I especially love, I've gotten so many messages of success stories, which is really nice. Um, many people who have gone through what I've gone through, who have shared what it's been like for them, which is helpful for me because I just, of course, you know, get online and Google IVF stories and am hit with a myriad of experiences and some that I can relate to, some that I can't relate to, but all of it just makes me nervous. And so it's really nice when someone I know um, or have a connection to can reach out and tell me their story. That just seems so much more personal. So I really appreciate all of those who have reached out and shared with me and sent me emails and sent me personal messages um, through Facebook just to let me know what your story has been and uh, how it's all turned out. So thank you. We are on day eight, like I said, and that means I'm eight days into these injections and I have some nice bruises on my belly. I posted pictures of those over on Facebook at the Shameless Mom Academy. I think I put them on Instagram too, on our Shameless Mom Academy page. Um, so I have some beautiful bruises on my stomach. I did a great job not bruising for the first handful of episodes. Or the, for the, Can you tell I'm tired? For the first handful of injections. And then um, I somehow the last couple days totally bruised myself. And I think it's because I've had to give myself injections in a few different hurried ways. And I think that's where I've hurt myself. Um, last night I was running late. So you're supposed to do these injections at the same time every day. And I was a little bit late because I was rushing home from... Um, Vinny getting a haircut and I was like 20 minutes late. So I was frantic and trying to get these meds in as quick as I could. And the first injection, when you um, put it in the syringe, there's often a little air bubble and you have to like push the air bubble out before you put the medication, before you put the injection into you, put the syringe into you. And I forgot to do that. So I just put the needle into my skin and then pushed the air out. And then the medication came right after that. And I think maybe that's why I got the bruise. I don't know. I asked the doctor today. I was there and I was like, did I get a bruise? Because I pumped myself full of air. And she was like, she wasn't sure. She's like, it could be. I don't know. Like there's no known connection to like pumping air and then getting a bruise. But at any rate, it was like burning the whole rest of the night and it looks real good today. So this is, it's all been a big adventure. I have to say, they told me with these injections to choose a time between uh, 4 and 7 p.m. every day to do my shots. And then they were like, you pick a time in that window, but then you have once you pick a time, you have to stick with that time every day. So this all started um, on a Friday a week ago. And 
I waited for Vince to come home. I waited for my husband to come home from work because I wanted him to like help me go through the, the directions really specifically. And I had Vinny home and I didn't want to, I was afraid I would miss something or do something wrong if it was just me and half distracted with a three-year-old in the background. So I waited for my husband to get home. But then I realized after we did it that we did these injections at six o'clock. So we were like committed for like the rest of this cycle for, you know, two weeks um, we have to do these injections every night at six o'clock, which wouldn't be a big deal, except for that we have all this stuff scheduled. And so like two days later, we are at a wedding reception and I have to go do injections in the bathroom at the wedding reception because it's six o'clock. And I'm like, this is the time we chose. Like if we had chosen four o'clock, I could have just done them before we went to the wedding reception. But no. So we're at this wedding reception. There's two bathrooms. It's, there's probably like 200 or so people at this thing. There's two bathrooms a constant line for the bathrooms and I have to get in line. And when it's my turn, I go in the bathroom, I lock the door and I'm like, I know there's a line of people behind me and I just have to hang out in here and do these injections in a bathroom, which is not super sanitary. And there's no counter space for me to lay things out. And so I'm just trying to like balance things on the edge of the sink. And it was not pretty. And I was sweating profusely. Like the bathrooms were so hot. (laughs) So I'm sweating everywhere and trying to make everything like as sanitary as possible. And I'm rubbing everything down with my little alcohol wipes. And then it, and it takes, I mean, even going as fast as I possibly could. So that was only the third night I had done this. It was the first time I did it totally on my own because my husband walked me through it the first two nights. Um, But at the, at this wedding, I was like, no, you need to stay out here with Vinny. I'll just go do it myself. And so I'm trying to hurry through. And I'm just like fumbling the whole time. And I'm so sweaty and trying to hurry so much because I know there's all these people waiting. It was just, it was not good. So when I left um, the bathroom and people kept knocking on the door and I'm like, just a minute, just a minute. So when I finally left the bathroom, the girl in line next, I was like, I'm so sorry. Like I had to give myself these me- some medication shots. And she was like, oh, that's fine. I have to do that all the time. And I was like, I think she's just trying to make me feel good. <laughs> Maybe she does. I have no idea what her story is, but it was, she said it so quickly. Like it was just so normal. And I was like, really? You have to do this too all the time? That's, that's. The chances are low that the person who happened to be in line behind me at this event would also be someone who has to do medical injections in a public restroom on a regular basis. It was very funny, but it was super nice of her. I think she was just trying to make me feel better and it did the trick. So um, it's been it's been a little bit of an adventure. So yesterday, I, like, I booked this haircut for Vinny and I didn't even think about, like I booked the haircut for 540 and that means we're definitely not going to be home by six for me to do my meds. And it's just funny the things that you don't think about when you're in like supposedly like you're supposed to kind of put your life on hold and like this should be your first priority. But at the same time, you also have just like regular life has to keep moving on. And so things like, you know, your kid getting a haircut because he's starting to look like a mushroom head, like it has to happen. I did not stop to think about what time I had to do my injections when I booked this haircut. So all sorts of fun and games with that. Um, And then I got this horrendous cold and uh, I'm hoping that I can make it through this episode without coughing too much. But this horrible cold where I've just oh, it's been so tired and so snotty and it's not very fun. And I can't, I don't really take cold medicine when I have colds anyways, but I'm just acutely aware that I can't take cold medicine <laughs> or that I can't take much of anything. So there's that. So I'm hoping in the next few days, I'll be feeling a little bit more back to normal. I'm just today for the first time on day eight, starting to feel like a little bit of pressure in my ovaries. So I feel like finally something's working because up to this point, I've just been like, are these medicines even doing anything? And I have gone in for a couple doctor's appointments and we were able to confirm today that things are definitely progressing in the right direction. So that was really comforting because a couple days ago when I went in, things were still looking pretty quiet and I was definitely definitely a little bit nervous. So keep sending that fertility juju. I will take all your ovarian uh, juice that you have left <laughs> if you're willing to spare some for me. So what I want to talk about today is I wanted to, of course, give you that little IVF update, but I I do not want to dominate every episode with IVF um, because I know that some of you listening don't really care about IVF. So uh, I will make sure that I give you updates as we go, but I also want to make sure that I get you to the meat of what we are here to talk about and have it be about things that are a little more relatable to everyone out there and all of our mamas. So I'm going to share a little story about something that happened this morning. Um, This actually, it's kind of been over the course of the last week, I guess, but this morning is the the kind of the, uh, the, the moment that was uh, that made me take pause. So on 
about a week ago, we were over having dinner at some friend's house. So again, another situation where I was like, oh, we're having dinner with these friends. Like, I'm going to have to take my shots with me. So I had to like do my shots at their house, with, which was fine. But it's just another, like another thing that I didn't plan for. So um, we go to our friend's house on for dinner last weekend. And we're over there. And Vinny is playing with, so they have a little girl who's seven and then a little boy who's four. And Vinny is going to be four in September. So Vinny thinks that these are like super cool big kids. And this is a family we go camping with every year. And um, we don't see them super often. So it's always a big treat when we do. And Vinny just thinks that these are like our super cool friends. So we go over there and Vinny is playing with the little girl. So the little girl seven, he's pulling out all of her little like tutus and little ballet outfits and all sorts of things and totally just obsessed, obsessing and wanting to wear them all and everything. And so he puts on this like um, really cute um skirt that like ballet kind of skirt that my friend's uh, mother had made with and it's bright pink and bright pink lace with like this really cute pink and green sash and we tie it on Vinny and he's all excited and then he finds a tiara and he puts that on and he finds like a fairy one and he's has that and he's so excited about it and he's like dancing all over the house and taking pictures and usually like he's kind of not into pictures these days he was totally into like posing for pictures in it and everything so funny so when we go to leave the mom was like, you know what? Just take a few of Georgia's other little um, ballet skirts, you know, ballet things. She won't even notice. Like she's totally outgrowing all this stuff, anyways. So she did kind of notice, and she was not totally sure she was ready to share. But she very kindly let Vinny borrow some fairy wings and a little skirt, a little pink lace skirt with flowers on it, and a tiara and her fairy wand. And Vinny was in heaven. So he comes home with all this stuff. He sleeps with the skirt on. He like wakes up the next morning and puts the whole outfit on over his pajamas. And then later, like an hour or two later, we get ready for school. He he gets his school clothes on and then he puts the whole fairy costume over his clothes and he wears it all to school for the next three days. He like doesn't take the stuff off for three days. So he's so into being a fairy and he thinks it's the coolest thing in the world. And what I love is that we actually took him to this wedding reception with this out with his fairy outfit on over his clothes. We took him to school for three days in a row with his fairy outfit on. We took him where else? We took him somewhere else. And everyone everywhere, I mean, like this is such so Seattle and I love it. Everyone's just like, oh my gosh, I love your wings and like complimenting him. And it's amazing. Like in Seattle, you can be as feminine or as masculine as you want to be in any body that you are given, which is perfect. Like there's no gender stereotypes here, no boundaries around gender stereotypes. So he does this for three days. And yesterday we go to Costco and Costco has out Halloween costumes. And so he's immediately ready to train in his, trade in his fairy costume for a fireman costume. So we get this and I'm telling, I'm like, if we get this now for Halloween, like we're buying this on August, what, 4th, I think. So I'm like, we're buying this on August 4th. Like, is he going to be at all interested in this come October 31st? Probably not. But I'm telling him, I'm like, if we buy this now, like this is your Halloween costume. You have to wear this for Halloween. I'm not buying you another Halloween costume. So we get him this amazing firefighter costume that he's obsessed with. So we come home and it has like accessories. It has a fire uh, axe and it has a walkie talkie on it and a whistle. And he is a fire hat. He's so into the whole thing. So we get home. We have lunch. He's wearing it. He's outside playing, wearing it. It's time for nap time. He wants to wear the whole thing for nap time. And I'm like, okay, like, can we please just at least take off the hat part so that you, it's a little more comfortable to sleep in. So he finally agrees to that. But like he kept on the whole, everything else, like this big Velcro, this jacket, like all Velcroed closed in the middle of like our 80 degree day. So he gets up from his nap. He plays all afternoon in it. Then it's time for bed. He wants to sleep in it. I say like, Vinny, you can't sleep in this costume, but you can sleep with it in your bed next to you. So we put it in his bed. Luckily, I got him to go for that because I was, I kind of thought it was going to be a battle. I put it in his bed. He wakes up. So he normally wakes up around 6.30 or so. He is in our room at 5.36 this morning asking for help to put on this damn costume. Oh my God, I wanted to die. And I am like not sleeping that well because of this cold. And so I'm in the middle of a dream and I'm like being woken up. Oh, it was so disappointing. I was so disappointed with life when he came in and he's like, mama, mama, can you, can you hook the walkie talkie in? Mama, mama, can you put the fire axe back in the loop? Ma, mama, can you, can you help me put the jacket? Like he's obsessing over this costume. So we get the costume on. He goes, I'm like, I will put this on you. You have to go back to your room and play and you cannot come back in here for a very long time. And so he does that. He does pretty well. He did have to open and close his door like a million times for I don't know what reason, which like shook the whole house every time he did it. Um, but anyways, he goes and he plays. Then we're downstairs later today 
or later this morning getting ready for school and brushing his teeth and he looks in the mirror and he's like, I see someone handsome. And he's, as he's looking at himself and here's the moment, I'm like totally cracking up. So I take his picture and I'm like, I see someone handsome. Like, can I take your picture? So there's this picture of us and he's facing the mirror and he's all proud of himself, totally enjoying himself in his costume. And then I take him to school and his teacher proceeds to send me like three more pictures of himself, of him looking at himself in the mirror. She's like, they have this little full length mirror by some dress up clothes in their classroom. And apparently he had been hanging out, looking at himself and admiring himself in his costume for like great lengths of time this morning. So it occurred to me that we, as adults, we lose this. Like here is a th- almost four-year-old looking himself and looking at himself in the mirror and just pumped up about what he sees. Like he is so proud. He thinks he looks so cool in his fireman costume. And then he goes to school and there's all these people around in his classroom and he's still like checking himself out in the mirror, like different pose. I mean, she sent me like different poses he was doing, <laughs> like watching himself. This is amazing. And this is 100% the opposite of when you and I stand in front of the mirror, right? Like when you and I stand in front of the mirror, are we like, oh yeah, I look good. Do you ever stand in front of the mirror and say, I see someone handsome? Probably not. Do you ever stand in front of the mirror and like, oh damn, I look good. Okay, that does happen after you've had a few drinks because we all know after a few drinks, we all think that we look like way, we're like, oh wow, I'm having, I'm looking in the mirror noticing how skinny I look today after a couple drinks. <laughs> That's what happens after alcohol. But when you're getting dressed, rarely do you look in the mirror and identify like, oh, I look really good today. I love the way this looks or I love the way this fits or I just feel good about myself, right? That's just not how women are. It's not, we have, um, we've trained ourselves to think completely the opposite. We've trained ourselves to think the opposite of a three-year-old. We've trained ourselves to think in a way where like the second we look in the mirror, instead of saying, oh, I see someone handsome, we say, oh, I see something horrible. I see something ugly. I see something fat. I see something um, unworthy, unattractive. And we just go through like a laundry list of ways to put ourselves down when we're standing in front of the mirror. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listener can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, 
IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. And as women, I think this is much more dominant in women than in men. I think it happens with men too, but I think it's much stronger in women. And we do this as women, and we do this in front of our children as women, in front of sons or daughters. Like, I totally agree that it is imperative that we are not having this negative self-talk out loud in front of our daughters, but it's also really imperative we're not having it in front of our sons. And so it's, you know, there's all sorts of conversations about like, you know, the kind of conversation and self-talk you model in front of your daughters, but it's also really important that you're modeling the appropriate kind of appropriate self-talk in front of your sons because you want your sons to have the right idea about how women should be talking to themselves, right? You would want, if your son was dating a girl who's beating herself up over over her appearance, you wouldn't want your son to either, well, obviously agree with her, like that would not be good, but even like feed into any of it in a very like, un, um, in a very unwitting way, like not even really understanding it, just kind of going along with it. You would want your son to immediately be like, oh my gosh, like you should never talk about yourself that way. And when I look at you, I see all these beautiful things and I see all these amazing things. You would want your son to model the conversation that you should be having with yourself when you look in the mirror, right? So what is that conversation that you're having with yourself when you're looking in the mirror? Because that's the conversation that your son will expect other women to have when they look at themselves in the mirror. So you, it's really important that we're teaching our sons and our daughters to look for and have a certain kinds of appropriate conversations in front of the mirror. This is not just about us teaching our daughters how to talk to themselves. So just to give you, I want to give you a few statistics about um, girls and women in body image, because I think it's really important we understand the broadest context of this, because when you understand the larger context, I think it, it's much more motivating to be um, productive in the solution. And and also to look at how you talk to yourself because it's easy when we're ta- when we're wrapped up in just in our conversation with ourselves it's easy to just continually beat ourselves up and not see how that influences the greater good or how it um is maybe holding the, the holding back the greater good for women and when we look at this research and you hear some of these numbers you're going to realize like oh my gosh I can't do this it's not okay it's not okay for me because I don't deserve to beat myself up but it's not okay for anyone to talk to themselves the way that women talk to themselves when they look in the mirror because these numbers are so alarming that we have to start looking at this being the responsibility of every single man and woman in terms of the conversations that we're having about body image with young men and young women and with ourselves because it totally starts with ourselves. You can't like tell your sons and daughters to love their bodies and then go stand in front of the mirror and beat yourself up because your kids will be onto you immediately. Okay, so according to the National Eating Disorder Association, 42% of first to third graders want to lose weight. 42% of first to third graders want to lose weight. That is like six to eight-year-olds. And 81% of 10-year-olds are afraid of being fat. 81% of 10-year-olds are afraid of being fat. According to a study in pediatrics, two-thirds of girls in the fifth to twelfth grade said that magazine images influence their vision of an ideal body. And about half of the girls said that images made them want, that these images made them want to lose weight. So what people see influences them. And we're going to talk about how what you see influences you in a minute. By adolescence, studies show that young women are receiving 5,260 attractiveness messages per year from network television commercials alone. So an attractiveness attractiveness message would just be some sort of media influence, making your daughter think that like a certain thing is more attractive or less attractive and holding them up to a certain ideal. 5,260. That is like, I'm trying to do really fast math here. That's like over 10 a day. 
According to Teen Magazine, 35% of girls 6 to 12 have been on at least one diet and 50 to 70% of normal weight girls think that they are overweight. So those are huge numbers. So chances are if you have a daughter, she thinks she's fat. Chances are if you have a daughter, she either has been on a diet or wants to go on a diet and she thinks that she should. Chances are if you have a daughter that your daughter is receiving at least 10 messages a day from TV commercials alone, never mind magazine, never mind the internet, never mind anything else, 10 messages a day on attractiveness and what ideal she should be holding herself to. These are terrifying statistics. So this makes it really clear and really obvious why we beat ourselves up, right? You can see that there's like this historical pattern. So I'm going to, I'm going to post, this is actually, these statistics came from an article um, on psychcentral.com, which is a, um, a blog on psychology, um, but they're all based on studies. And I will go ahead and link to this over in the show notes. So you can go to um, shamelessmom.com and it'll be all with um, the show notes for episode 47 if you want to look at this whole entire article, because it's chock full of really great numbers like this that will make you really depressed and angry. So what I want to say about all this is what can we do? When you look in the mirror, how can you make it so that when you look in the mirror, you see someone handsome, you see someone beautiful, you feel good about yourself. How can you look at your in the mirror in a different way? Because it's so important because your kids are looking in the mirror. My son at four likes what he's seen in the mirror, but there's a good chance, especially if he was a girl, there's a good chance by the time he's six to eight years old that he wouldn't like what he's seen. That's crazy. That is so unacceptable to me. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to stop, to pull yourself out of the comparison trap. So stop the comparison game. You have to unfollow social media influences or fitspiration, which is fitness inspiration, that's usually BS, the, any fitspiration that makes you feel crappy or makes you feel bad about yourself. So here's the thing about social media. There's all sorts of fitness stuff on social media. I have multiple social media sites that are based, that are um, for, on for fitness alone because I'm a gym owner. What I do with these, it is like such a huge responsibility to me to make sure I post things in a way that that is positive and uplifting and motivating to people that is not putting people into the that comparison trap that is not putting people down for anything related to body image or not holding people to any sort of specific ideal. I am so careful about this. I actually have, um, I actually have on my team people who do some behind the scenes work for me and I will not let anyone touch my social social media pages because I'm so concerned and so distrustful of other people posting images on my page or or images or uh, messages on my page because I'm terrified that they will send a message it might be completely inadvertently but I'm terrified that they will send a message that would put put the wrong kind of conversation in someone's head. So if someone something on social media is rubbing you the wrong way or making you feel bad about yourself, unfollow it. And people are like, oh, but I get really good workout tips from that person. Oh my God, you can get good workout tips from like a million different people. They don't have to be coming from people who make you feel like crap. Same thing with recipes where you're like, oh, but I get really good recipes from this person who like swears that paleo is the best way to lose 20 pounds in 20 days. Like, no, you can get great recipes anywhere. Don't get recipes from a site that is like, shoving a certain methodology down your throat, telling you that the only way you can be of value is if you never eat carbs again. I'm not saying that that is all paleo sites, but I'm just saying that stuff exists out there. So there's some great paleo sites out there, but follow the paleo sites that like aren't going to put you down if you want to have a bagel one day. Like That does not make you less of a person. It does not make you less worthy of love, and it does not make you bad in any way, shape, or form. Okay, the other thing about getting out of the comparison trap is not looking at magazines and tabloids. This means that you're not like looking at those stupid who wore at best things. Everyone like, and I'm totally guilty of this too. I love a good story on people.com, but I'm not going to sit and look at who wore at best because you know what? The two people that wore it, that are being held up next to each other, they both look amazing. Why would I say like, well, I think that Jennifer Aniston looks like 10% better than Jennifer Lawrence. Like what? What? That's ridiculous, ridiculous. And we have these conversations so frequently, we don't even know that we're having them. I mean, if you look at like the red carpet conversation about women, and there's this whole movement now at red carpet events for to, um, to ask 
women about questions other than who, what, who they're wearing. So the question of like, who are you wearing tonight? Like no one asks guys that it doesn't matter. It's the most insignificant question. When a, when a reporter approaches a guy on the red carpet, they're like, Oh, tell us about your new project. When they approach a woman on the red carpet, they're like, who are you wearing? Oh my God, look at your like $18 million necklace or whatever. Like it's so lame. They don't say, what's your biggest project that you're working on? They don't say, Oh, I heard you just got offered $10 million to play the lead in whatever movie. They say that kind of stuff to guys all the time though. So look at where you're getting your information. Look at the media sources that you're supporting and then step back from the stuff that doesn't jive with what you believe in. Super, super important. It's going to take some time and it's going to take some practice to even recognize the things that you participate in that make you feel bad or that make you feel less, but you will over time start to realize it. Um, And as you weed out those social media influences and find better ones, then you start to really know what to look for to really fuel you better. And this happened with me a few years ago when I started following Aaron Brown and Jill Coleman and uh, Molly Galbraith. And I will link to all their pages in the show notes. But when I started following them, I was really able to, from there, see the people that they followed. And I was able to rebuild who I followed on social media. I stopped following all the people that were like, you know, oh my God, I cut carbs and lost 20 pounds. Like, I don't follow any of that stuff anymore. I don't follow like how to lose 10 pounds in 10 days or any of that kind of stuff because that's not in line with the message that I think values women and it's not in line with the messages that I want to be promoting. Okay, next we have to divorce the D word. You got to get rid of that diet word. Please don't ever let your kids hear that you are on a diet. Instead of dieting, start fueling. So stop dieting, start fueling. If you want to cut things out of your diet, if you know you really struggle with sugar, for example, it is totally okay to want to lose weight. It is totally okay to want to look different, you know, to like, it's okay to want to look different. Be cool with where you're at. That's my thing. Be cool with where you're at. You can totally want to look different. You can totally like admit like, yeah, you're right now. I'm not at the place that I really feel my best. Someday I might be back there, but I'm also going to love myself where I am right now because I'm not less of a person because of where I'm at today. I'm just not where I feel my best, but there's some other things going on in my life. And so for those reasons, I, this is where I'm at. And that's totally like, that is a completely neutral statement. That is totally different than saying like, well, recently I've gained 10 to 20 pounds because I'm a horrible person and I've decided to eat all the sugar and life just sucks and it's all my fault and I can't get my act together and I have no willpower. And like, we quickly go into this downward, downward spiral of beating ourselves up when instead we could be looking at it totally differently and just being like, this is where I'm at and this is where I'm at and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with where you're at. There's nothing wrong with you being where you're at at any given time. So always be cool with where you're at, even if you are working to be somewhere differently, because that's okay. It's okay to want to be different. It's okay to want to make a change. It's okay to want to you know, be 10 pounds less or 20 pounds less or be healthier or fit into certain clothes. That's totally fine. But you also can't deny that you're a good person where you're at. Because if you're doing that, then you are feeding into all of this other stuff that is holding all of us back. You are creating, you're you're participating in the problem. So instead of dieting, start fueling. Use the crowded out philosophy. Instead of saying like, I'm not going to eat carbs anymore. I'm never going to eat sugar. I'm, as of Monday, like I'm giving up all these 18 things and I'm just going to be miserable and sit and think about how much I miss them all. Instead, use the crowded out philosophy. So the crowded out philosophy is where you put all the things that fuel you on your plate. So you put your vegetables and your proteins and your fruits and all those things, and you eat all those things. And then if you're still hungry after those are done and you still want a little bit of like the muffin or the bread or whatever. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? 
Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. The cake or the candy or whatever the the situation may be, if you still want some of those things, have a little bit. That's okay. It's totally fine. Let yourself crowd things out. What you'll find over time is if your diet, if you start with protein and produce, which at my gym we call ProPro, if you start with your ProPro, you will over time be able to crowd out a lot of the other habits that don't take you closer to your goals. So it's it's totally okay to be working toward a goal that takes you to a different place than you're at right now, but be cool with where you're at right now. Be okay with where you're at right now. There's nothing wrong with where you're at right now, and there's nothing wrong with wanting to be in a different place, but don't beat yourself up over it and don't go from a perspective of deprivation. Instead, think like, I'm going to eat foods that make me feel really good, that give me more energy. I'm going to make foods that make me feel really great all day long so that I'm not crashing and exhausted and cranky at 3 p.m. or that I'm not getting home from work and wanting to snack all night. So if you're getting in your protein and your fat throughout the day, that's going to really help you manage all that. If you're getting in lots of vegetables throughout the day and some fruit here and there, that's going to help you manage all that. So you're not, instead of saying, oh, I have to cut out 18 things. Instead, you can be like, I'm going to add these three things. I'm going to add a ton of protein. I'm going to add a ton of vegetables. I'm going to add a ton of fruit. Add unlimited amounts of those three things and see how much room you have left for the crap. You're not going to have that much left, but yet you don't have to go about it and like, well, mom started a diet today. Totally different mindset. So focusing on the areas of where you're, of your life where you can be more instead of less. What can you add more of into your into your nutrition instead of instead of focusing on what you need to have less of. Totally different mindset and it carries over into everything else in your life where you will start noticing like, oh, and when I eat really well, I can also be more in these other areas of my life instead of being less. I have more energy to give more rather than being tired and being able to give less or feeling like I don't have enough to give to my kids at the end of the day. Next up is disengaging from people and relationships that make you feel less and build relationships that make you feel more. So disengaging, you know, I have so many women come to me and they're like, oh my gosh, I have to go to my to my to visit relatives or visit in-laws and you know they all all talk about like weight and weight loss and um what diet everyone's on every time we see them <clears throat> don't have those conversations if they want to if if someone approaches you with that conversation and it's a conversation that you really want to have then have it in a way that makes you feel good. Have it in a way where you get to build yourself up. Even if they're having that conversation with you and you're weighing, you know, 30 pounds more than when you last saw them, you can be like, yeah, I feel great. I feel great with where I'm at. And if they bring up like that you've gained some weight, like, yeah, I feel great with where I'm at. You just keep saying that. Yeah, I feel great with where I'm at. And if they talk about how they've recently lost 10 pounds, that's great. I'm happy for you. I feel great with where I'm at. Like, you don't have to perpetuate this conversation about like, well, I gained 30 pounds and I just feel really bad about myself and I'm going to do something about it and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, you don't have to do any of that. That's not your responsibility. You don't need to justify to anyone why you look the way you do, why you're, why you weigh what you weigh. Like none of that. I don't have to justify to anyone why I didn't lose my baby weight. I don't have to justify to anyone that like the, my, the, my weight or my size of closing. You know, I have my whole episode about not losing my baby weight where I said, you know, I weigh 159 pounds right now. I'm a fitness professional. I weigh 159 pounds and probably have higher body fat than I've had since I was 30, or maybe even longer. I don't know, 25 and whatever. Like it doesn't matter. I'm not, it's, I'm not less credible because of that. I'm not less of a compassionate and capable um, trainer or professional. I'm not less of a compassionate or capable, um, you know, person running two businesses. I'm not less of a mom for that. I'm not less of a wife for that. Like none of that means anything. So if someone else has issue with that, that's on them. That's not on me. So if they have issue with that, that probably speaks to their relationship with self-image. Let that be their thing. And if you want to help fix them, if you want to engage in that to help them get to a better place, that's fine. That's also a lot to take on. So don't feel like you need to take that on. But there's also going to, there's going to be people in your life where you can just have those conversations and walk away from them. Just being like, yeah, I'm good where I'm at. Thanks. Because I'm telling you, like, I've had conversations like this with family members. I've had conversations with family members who will be like, well, you know, so-and-so in the family, they've just gained a lot of weight. And I just, you know, I hope that they lose it. It's like, you know what? It's none of your business. If they're happy, who cares? It's none of your business. 
and like take care of yourself. It, it like it honestly, it it annoys me to no end. And I I have like no, I can't engage in the conversation anymore. So when people do have that conversation with me about other people, I'm immediately like, yeah, they seem really happy. It sounds like they're doing really well. I will not discuss someone else's weight. I will not. It's not my business. So I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to talk about like having pity for someone else. If someone else is 50 pounds overweight and they're happy in their life, good for them. That is their thing. It's not my job to feel bad for them. And it's not my job to try to fix them. And it's not unless they ask for help. But it's who knows? Like there's plenty of people who are 50 pounds overweight and they're totally happy. That's completely fine. And if you're 50 pounds overweight, I hope that you're totally happy. Like that would be my biggest hope for you. So when you have those situations where there's friends, families, coworkers who are having these like little side conversations, don't engage in that. That's just perpetuating the problem. Step away from it. Like be better than that. And use that as an opportunity to be a little bit educational to people on like compassion and empathy and be like, yeah, as far as I know, so-and-so's doing great in life. Like they have, you know, family life is going great. Kids are doing well, whatever. Like focus on two or three positive things in that person's life and get the person who's focusing on who's being a busybody to just shut them, shut them down as fast as you can and walk away. Okay. Number four on this is face yourself in the mirror and identify three things that you like without any buts. So this is a tough one. Make yourself stand in front of the mirror and be like, ooh, I like this and I like this and I like that. And don't end it with, but oh man, I really wish my abs were flat. Like don't, or oh man, I love these three things, but if only my butt was a little perkier. That's what we all want to do. Don't do that. Do not do that. Don't let yourself and catch yourself before you do that because you probably do it all the time. I know like recently I've been doing all these IVF shots and I have to roll down my waistband and I'm like, oh, like, look, check out my love handles when I roll down my waistband. Like they're not small by any means. And most people, when they roll down their waistband, they're going to have like love handles spill out a little bit, right? I'm not going to say that to my husband. I'm not going to be like, oh, excuse my love handles while I'm doing these IVF injections. Like, why would I degrade myself in that way when I am doing this, like undertaking this huge project to improve our family and potentially get pregnant? But that's the kind of thing that women do all the time. And when you start doing this, when you start adjusting these conversations, you'll start catching yourself where you'll be like, oh, back way back when I totally would have made that comment. And like, this is where, how I caught myself recently when I started doing these injections where I was like, you know, two years ago, I would have rolled this down and been like, check out my love handles today. I'm not saying anything about it. Like my husband doesn't care and neither do I. I the, the bigger picture of trying to get pregnant is so much bigger than that and more significant than that, that it, that doesn't matter. So why would I even comment about it? Like my husband doesn't comment on his love handles if he has to roll down his waistband for something. It's no, it's just, it is what it is. Who cares? Okay, next is buy the clothes that you buy clothes that you love and that flatter you as you are. Don't squeeze into ill-fitting clothes and don't buy clothes that are a size too small in hopes of losing weight. So I'm going to post a really interesting article about this that um <clears throat> I read recently about a woman who recovered from anorexia and as a result of that gained some weight and she went through this she cleaned out her whole closet and she threw away like all these clothes and she had all these kind of like quote unquote goal clothes which i think so many of us have, of uh, of us have where we're like oh as soon as i hit my goal i'll be able to wear these jeans again or whatever her thing was like no i'm getting rid of everything that doesn't fit so i've had this conversation with some women at my gym recently i showed them the article and we had this great conversation about it and some women were like i feel like if i do that i'm giving up hope and it doesn't at all need to be about giving up hope if you don't want to get rid of all your clothes, that's totally fine. If you want to hold, you know, save things so that you don't have to go spend a whole bunch of money if you ever were to fit in, into them again. Or if you have like a great goal to fit into them again, again, there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing. Make sure that you have clothes in your closet that you like as you are right now. So don't just have like your one out, your like one outfit that you feel comfortable in right now. Let yourself have a closet full of clothes that you can wear right now. You deserve that. You deserve to look good and feel good in your clothes every single day regardless of whether or not you weigh 10 pounds more than when you bought your favorite jeans or 20 pounds more than when you bought your favorite jeans or 100 pounds more than when you bought your favorite jeans. Like if you never get into those favorite jeans again, that's totally fine. Buy some new favorite jeans for Pete's sake. So be totally okay with buying clothes that flatter you as you are. Don't buy clothes that are like a little snug and like kind of busting open a little bit and being like, well, someday they'll fit better. Like no, you deserve to have the clothes that look good fit you now. You deserve to wear those awesome clothes today. Don't get the clothes that are going to look good in six months. You can go buy new clothes in six months and you don't have to do this. I mean, you can do the People are like, that's so much money. 
go to like Old Navy, go to H&M. Like you can, you don't have to go spend a million dollars on a new wardrobe all the time, but buy clothes that fit you as you are so that you can feel good as you are. Next is owning your wins. Own your wins every single day. Know what you did well every single day. You do things really well every day. Do you give yourself credit for those things or do you just get in bed and think, oh man, I shouldn't have eaten that and I shouldn't have eaten that and I should have worked out. Think about how you end your day. Think about, do you end your day feeling proud or do you end your day feeling regretful or remorseful? Most of us, it's the latter. So let's make it the former. Let's end your day every day feeling proud, feeling good about something you did for yourself or for your body. And then tell other people those things. This makes people super uncomfortable because we don't do it enough. And I've started doing it as much as I can and in different contexts because it's more, it's appropriate given my job working in a gym, but it's okay to tell other people your wins and it's okay to tell other things that tell people the things that make you proud. And I'm now in a couple different circles where like the first thing we do when I meet with certain groups of people is we tell, we share our wins. It's the first thing we do. Like we expect each other to be badasses. We expect each other to do something really well and feel really good about it. Or we expect each other to like fall flat on our faces and own it and be like, oh my God, I totally screwed up. And here's what I'm going to do differently next time. So always, and so, and then you have a big lesson. You can be like, I totally screwed this up, but I feel really good about blah, blah, blah. Like one piece of it. I feel good about this lesson that I learned, or I feel good about this takeaway, or I feel good about the rec- this sort of recovery or whatever that I made out of the situation. So sharing your victories, super, super important to own your wins. Because when you hear yourself saying this stuff out loud, it reinforces that like, oh my gosh, I did that. I remember when I was training for my, mar- my marathon or my first half marathon, and I ran 9.6 miles one day. It was the furthest I'd ever run in my life. It was one of my very first long runs, like past six miles. And I went into work and I was like hobbling. And I, I did that run in the morning and I had to go to work that afternoon to work the 3 to 11 p.m. shift at the hospital. And every single person I, set, I saw as I walked in the door, I was like, hey, I ran 9.6 miles today. Hey, I ran 9.6 miles today. I mean, like everyone knew that Sarah ran 9.6 miles because I was like, on fire, even though I could barely walk. <laughs> I was so proud of myself. And and then other people seen, started seeing me like a strong person. And when other people see you that way, you reflect back, right? So other people see you that way. And then you see yourself more that way. The more you show yourself as a badass, the more people see you that way. And the more you see that reflection in other people's opinion of you, the more you will be that way. So it's super, super important that you present yourself in that manner. And then lastly is be vulnerable you will be uncomfortable at times and that is okay. And you will make other people uncomfortable when you are openly uncomfortable. If you follow me on social media, there are people right now that are super uncomfortable that I'm talking about IVF all the time. That's cool. Because in me being vulnerable and me sharing my story and me being 100% who I am all the time, other people get to live bigger lives. And that's super important to me. So I know that there's people that are like, oh my God, why is she talking about her IVF on Facebook? I know that there's people. I've had people over the years even tell me like when I talked about, when I used to talk about fitness all the time on my, on social media, which I still do from time to time, but it used to be like a huge piece of like what I, and especially when I was still training for races and I would post a lot of my workouts and stuff. And I remember one of my husband's friends was like, no offense, but like I had to unfollow you. Everything you post is about fitness. Totally cool. No problem, dude. Like you do not need to follow me. Because I know that there's other people out there that are like, yes, like we want to be your biggest cheerleader. And those are the people that I want to hang with. So be okay with being really vulnerable because that is how you will find your tribe. And when you, you know, my Danielle Laporte saying, find your tribe, love, love them hard. So when you are vulnerable, it's okay if other people are uncomfortable because some of them are going to walk away completely and that's okay. You don't need them right now. Some of them are going to just keep an eye on you to be like, I'm totally uncomfortable with this, but I want to see how it plays out. And they'll ultimately end up on your team. And then there's other people that are like, oh my God, I want to hold her hand right now. And those are the people that you want to be walking with. So be vulnerable so that you can be walking with those people. I will tell you that being open on Facebook and social and Instagram about IVF has been ridiculously empowering. It has changed. Our fertility journey last time was gut-wrenching every single day. This time, I feel like I'm having a party because people are sending me messages. People are like texting me, sending me daily updates about like thinking about me and sending prayers and sending me stories, all this stuff. Oh my gosh, like infertility is all of a sudden a party because people are holding my hand. It makes 
all the difference. So me being vulnerable has allowed me to be bolder and be proud and own who I am and own where I'm at and own where I'm at today, not own an ideal, but own exactly where I'm at today. So those are the steps I want you to take to be able to look in yourself, look at yourself in the mirror and look at yourself and just be like Vinny and be like, oh my gosh, I see someone handsome. All right. So that's what I have for you today, friends. If this episode was helpful to you, please share it. You know, I so appreciate support in sharing our episodes. So please, you can share this episode via any of our social media channels once we will have everything posted up there on um, Facebook and Instagram at the Shameless Mom Academy over on Twitter at Shameless Mom. You can also go to our website and get links to everything I've mentioned here. Anything I said would be in the show notes. You can find on our website at shamelessmom.com. And this is episode 47. So you can look for episode 47 and click on it to find the show notes. You can also get a link to the episode over at shamelessmom.com when you find episode 47. And you can share the link on all your social media channels so that this episode can be helpful to other people, maybe other people who you think might be a little bit hard on themselves and maybe a little bit uncomfortable in their own skin. And then lastly, if this episode has been meaningful to you, the biggest compliment that you can give me and the biggest way you can say thank you is to go over to shamelessmom.com forward slash review and leave a review on iTunes. You can also subscribe while you're there. So if this is your first time listening, we do release episodes every Monday and Wednesday, and you can always find uh, those new episodes right away. They will be downloaded to your device immediately if you subscribe. So if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review, you can subscribe. There's a little subscribe button and you can also write a review and leave us a five-star review telling me what you loved about this episode. Thank you so much. If you want to reach out to me in any other way or send me a message or ask me some questions, you can find me at info at shamelessmom.com. And until next time, thank you so much for the love, especially all the IVF love recently. I'm totally feeling it. And no matter what you do today or tomorrow, make sure you do it shamelessly. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.